Welcome to another episode of Just Cuz, the podcast where two cousins talk about things they love. Just Cuz. And today we are talking about the long-awaited finale of Mm -hmm. the Percy Jackson and the Olympians season one, The Lightning Thief. Many titles. Technically, (laughs) yeah, this is our part two review, but this is, we're talking about the wrap up. I mean, we'll be talking about many other episodes because we have to. Lotus, a casino. (laughs) Oh, we'll talk about it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, this is our part two. So make sure to check out our part one if you haven't. Yes. uh, We stopped talking about the show after the third episode. So we Mm -hmm. got up to Medusa and then we stopped let's let's start with a broad overview max how did you feel about this series i felt so amazing i have a little constructive criticism to maybe talk about but honestly all of this it's it it is a perfect adaptation i i could not ask for anything better i mean honestly i Oh, I want to get into it so much, but I mean, obviously, we're going to be talking spoilers. Oh, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler warning. We do that in all of our episodes, but I loved this series dearly. Sasha, what did you think of it? I loved it as well. I loved it so much. I have mm-hmm. so many thoughts. As an adaptation, I think it. I think you're right. I think it is everything we could have asked for. I think it's pretty perfect. There are obviously some uh detours some adaptation changes that are made um and i have a lot of feelings about them some i think are for the better some i think are for the worst some i think are of no consequence at all so Mm -hmm. yeah i want (laughs) to talk a little bit about those because right i there are a few things that were changed like i said that had no purpose no reason to change and i'm like why why did we change that? <laughs> like things like Medusa, I understand mm-hmm. why it was changed. And I think it was for the better. Yeah. Um, you know, like we have a new cultural understanding of Medusa. Percy, Annabeth, and Grover's defeating of Medusa isn't just a retread of Theseus. It's a new thing. It's their own uh, way to defeat their own, her. Yeah, it's their own spin of the story. Yeah. I really liked that. Yeah, yeah. that was great. And there are lots of adaptation changes like that that I think are definitely for the better and for better character uh, Like moments. 90% of the changes are for the better. Absolutely. Um, mm. And then there are a few that I'm just like, but why? <laughs> <laughs> do, you want, do you want to get into one of those now or should we kind yeah, of roll through well, the episodes? Let's go through them and I, they'll come up. Let's just yes. do some broad... <laughs> strokes of the next episode so after medusa was st louis arch mm-hmm. right and I, I really did like that but and this is probably some of the changes that we'll get into and i don't even know if it's talked about too much in the book but episode four is where i really noticed that a lot of this series is isolated from the real world or from seeing civilians Mm -hmm. which maybe that's because of covid which it definitely is but there's a sort of dissonance between what's happening in percy's quest and what's happening in the real in the real world i 100 percent agree with you and i think it is a detriment to the series in one aspect because in the book and 
unfortunately to some extent in the movie i'm i'm saying unfortunately because i'm i'm saddened to be saying the movie did something right oh no but um, we can't admit that <laughs> it's impossible to comprehend but it's happened um both in the book and in the terrible movie adaptation um there were stakes that were being portrayed for this mm-hmm. quest okay the light Zeus's master bolt has been stolen. Zeus and Poseidon are preparing for war. There were hurricanes, tornadoes, tidal waves. There were actual people dying and being evacuated mm-hmm. from their homes and mass yeah. destruction just in the preparation of their war. They hadn't even mm-hmm. started their war yet. And that lent some real stakes to this quest Mm. percy has to save the world percy annabeth and grover if they fail everyone will die and And i think earthquakes are mentioned but that's in the finale and that's just like on the radio yeah no but it's that's that's what i'm saying it's an undercurrent through the whole Mm -hmm. book and it is um something that they did talk about in the series this is one of my this is one of my things coming up (laughs) they did a lot of talking about it in the series but they didn't show it to us um honestly like a cold open for an episode where we see a city being destroyed like we don't have to see death because this is a kid show but just that would increase the stakes for me or just like the simple thing that even the movie did was they were (sighs) They were sitting in a diner when they didn't meet Aries for some reason, and they were in a diner anyway, Mm -hmm. and they were just watching it on the news. They were watching all this destruction on the TV, and I was like, that is very simple, but that gets the point across. I always hate when they put exposition on the news, but yeah, that would have worked. You got to get your exposition somehow. It's got to go. It's got to be. Yeah. This series had an extreme amount of exposition. And I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I'm not saying that as different from the book because it's not. Because in the book, no. those characters stand around and tell each other everything that's happening. And that Annabeth w- does her Hermione stuff and she always will. She is not a Hermione ripoff. You take that back right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. She is. I love Annabeth ah! dearly, no. but she's a ripoff of Hermione. She is not. Annabeth <laughs> is her own person. She might share <laughs> some similarities with Hermione, but but book Hermione <laughs> and book Annabeth are very, very different people. That is true. But I mean, as an archetype, these three are Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but actually Cronus is Voldemort. No, I made that joke no, earlier. no. <laughs> you know what? I really like that that actually brings something up that is part of the next episode where mm. um Grover as a character is being expanded on and I mm. love that so much because Grover was always overlooked, always pushed to the sidelines. His like, okay, let me tell you something about Grover. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've said this before. I might have even said it in our previous episode. But Grover is the most powerful satyr to ever live. <laughs> he discovered four children of the big three. He is... <laughs> He's and the ultimate he found, protector. And he found Pan. 
And he was Pan's <laughs> chosen and received Pan's magic. He's literally mm. like the god of satyrs he should be, right? And I'm just imagining him playing his pan flute and just <laughs> wrapping people in vines. Because right. he can do that. That's his that's his thing. He doesn't have his pan flute in this show, which was really Not yet. I was like, hello? Hey, he had it in the first one. He had it he in did? The Lightning Thief, I'm fairly certain. Hmm. Maybe he gets it off of Hephaestus because he had yeah, one just no, around his neck. No, he definitely did have it because in the book, in the water park, he tried playing the flute yes. to wrap up the spiders and they it didn't work. <laughs> but mm. he did have it. <laughs> um. Anyway, Grover's character starts being expanded upon uh, in the mm. next episode after the St. Louis Arch. We haven't really talked about the St. <laughs> Louis Arch episode yet, even though we have been talking. Uh, I think we might have even talked about it in the first episode or in the in our first part. Did where we? I think we might have talked about one through four. Oh, phew, silly me. Okay. But, but anyways, yeah, the, the St. Louis Arch is amazing. I love that mm-hmm. scene. I mean, the like I said earlier with the bystanders, they kind of just... They're there, and then they leave, and then there's no one else there. Yeah. And that is, I mean, that's just how this kind of show is going to work, unfortunately. Yeah. You got to put your budget somewhere, and they decided to put their budget into the Chimera instead of in the extras, which I think is a good choice. <laughs> yeah, the Chimera looked really cool. Yeah. So... But yeah, um, episode five, I assume with Grover, you're talking about where Grover and Ares are talking. Absolutely. I loved that. Yes. Because I think in the book, we just, I mean, obviously we're in Percy's POV the entire time. Mm -hmm. So when Grover separates and he has his own adventure, we never get to see that. Yeah. And that doesn't. I love that, Michelle. Yeah. And it doesn't happen to later books. And we don't know anything about grover really i've said this before but we don't know grover's mother who's presumably some kind of nymph we don't know Mm. like we know that his father went searching for pan and died but we don't know how he died we don't know when he went searching for pan we don't know a lot about grover we only know what (laughs) pertains to percy which makes sense Mm. if you're like a preteen boy from your yeah. perspective but um the show is able to have different lenses and go from from grover's point of view and annabeth's point of view that happened in this episode you know um mm-hmm. the scenes with grover in the diner and the scene with annabeth and hephaestus percy wasn't conscious or present for those so <laughs> those were things that we never got to have in the book obviously they changed the um mm. the waterland uh, Hephaestus thing that happened and this is one of the changes I, I think was for the better mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. I don't even really remember what happens in the original book okay so in the book <laughs> um, <laughs> Grover well Grover like flies off I don't he'd, like the shoes like because the shoes keep malfunctioning and like he mm-hmm. flies off by accident whatever <laughs> and Annabeth and Percy get but he's not he is there at the water park uh, he's, oh, okay. he didn't he doesn't stay with Aries that is mm-hmm. new as well um, and Percy and Annabeth get into the Waterland ride and it is not 
uh, a trap for demigods. It is a trap for Ares and Aphrodite because Ares and Aphrodite decided to go hook up in yeah. Aphrodite's husband's <laughs> place in this water. Which is just well, incredible. No, that's actually not true. In the disgusting. book, it's no, in the book, it's just a random water park, actually. And now that I'm, I'm thinking about it, oh. it's just a water park. They just decide well, to go fuck at a water park. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys are gods. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why I not say go that to it's the- disgusting, but yeah, that's a much better story point just for how incredibly screwed up that whole situation is. It's all, I love it. It's all, it's all crazy. But um, <laughs> so Hephaestus found out that they were uh, going, th- or that they had been there. Because Ares mm. had left his shield. So Hephaestus set a trap after that. And he set a trap to catch them, which is just uh, the retread of the myth where he catches them in the net. He, um, in the the book, there are mechanical spiders that come out of every mm. facet of the ride and start throwing, like, quote-unquote spider webs, but they're, like, metallic um, threads. And they... I- weave a net around annabeth and percy i kind of remember that yeah and then they're like cameras mounted everywhere and the goal was for hephaestus to quote unquote catch them in the act catch aries and aphrodite fucking i guess (laughs) (laughs) but instead and and broadcast it to olympus uh but instead Mm -hmm. he catches annabeth and percy and then annabeth starts freaking out because she's like oh no, our parents are going to see us and be so disappointed and my mom is going to freak out because I'm <laughs> not just captured in a sex net, but in a sex net with the son of Poseidon. <laughs> and it's also their kids. It's like, it's really weird. Uh, <laughs> and she has a fear of spiders. And this is where we learn about Annabeth's arachnophobia. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still learn about it. I think in the finale. Okay, but... I have something to say about that. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I do think this change in this episode to the golden chair, which is a reference to the Hephaestus Hera myth, uh, where he mm. trapped her in a golden chair so that he could marry Aphrodite. Um, I do think this is a better change. I, But there are two things. One it doesn't make sense as an adaptation change. <laughs> like, it's better. I agree that it's better for the characters, mm. but it's also like, why is this trap there? Did Hef- they went, so Aphrodite and Ares went to Hephaestus's theme park to fuck. Mm-hmm. And then Ares left his shield there. And so Hephaestus took his shield and put it up in this golden chair trap what was he expecting Ares to do? Was he expecting Ares to sit in that so that, but then he wouldn't be able to get his thing back? Did he think Aphrodite would sacrifice herself for Ares? Or did he always assume that Ares would outsource this to demigods and he just felt that he was going to punish some random demigods that had nothing to do with this cheating scandal that his wife and his brother are involved in? Like, what's my, the point? <laughs> uh, my assumption is Hephaestus assumed that Ares would outsource it to one of his own demigods and maybe he hoped that Ares would feel bad but Ares wouldn't feel bad about that he's fine with giving up one of his kids yeah I don't know but uh, that's okay okay whatever (laughs) that's my that's my thought that's one it's it's a better 
narrative change and character mm-hmm. change, but logically it doesn't track. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really make sense um, if you think about it and too then, much. Yeah. And then the second <laughs> thing is, in the book, this is where we found out about Annabeth's fear of spiders. In the show, we find out in the finale, in a mm-hmm. flashback of Percy and Luke sword fighting, <laughs> where Luke says, Annabeth is afraid of spiders. And Percy says, okay (laughs) and it does contribute to the point that luke is making i really like the metaphor that he's making it was a good metaphor but that was (laughs) you were just telling us that that was very stupid (laughs) it was very exposition heavy it was it was the cardinal sin of show of of, um tell and not show right Mm -hmm. it's like Come on, dude. <laughs> you could Honestly, have just we could had... have waited to say that too. Like, why does why do we need to know that Annabeth is afraid of spiders? Well, no, it is pretty important character. It's important building. later. It's much later. It is important, but it also is. Oh, sorry. In in the book, that was like Percy's first realization that Annabeth is not infallible. Annabeth's not perfect. She has a fear. Because this mm-hmm. whole time he has been like, she's so good at all this, and I am <laughs> me, and I'm stupid, <laughs> and I don't know what's going on. But she knows everything, and she's kind of mean to me. And mm-hmm. uh, that is that is his first moment of being like, oh my god, Annabeth's actually afraid of something. She doesn't mm-hmm. know everything, or she's not. She's not. Uh, I'm. I don't know. I'm trying she, to think. I don't know if we have that moment we in the show. don't. And they also hmm. cut out their bonding moment in the truck, in the next episode, in the truck to Vegas. They cut out their bonding. They have a really important bonding moment there. They kind You're of... Right. They kind of, like, supplement it with the train car in the beginning of episode four when the hmm. two of them are talking about... Um, Annabeth's family it's kind of reshuffled to there but it and that is a sweet moment but it's also like it's not it's before all of the stuff that they go through Mm -hmm. because that happens before Annabeth thinks Percy is dead on the St. Louis Arch and that happens (laughs) before Percy sacrifices himself. Percy sacrifices himself so much in the show. I don't know if oh you've been God. on TikTok at all while this show was coming out, but everyone was like, Percy and Annabeth are having another sacrifice yourself off. Who's going to do it this time? <laughs> and it was just like, I was like, guys, calm down. You have you have a cornucopia of other books in which yeah. you can sacrifice yourself and will like just calm down <laughs> we don't need to do this already you're 12 like three or four times <laughs> it was a lot it was a lot uh yeah because percy sacrificed himself two episodes in a row and then yeah. there was an episode break where he didn't sacrifice himself <laughs> and then in the next episode he's like well i'm gonna sacrifice myself <laughs> again for it's growth. my time yeah it's like <laughs> It's like my mom and Annabeth and Grover can all get out and, and I'll sacrifice myself. I'm like, babe. Take my pearl. I don't need it. Stop it. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, they're definitely putting in concrete what kind of character he is. Yeah. He just... They are. They're definitely outlying or outlining, outlying, <laughs> outlining 
the uh, fatal flaws that are discussed in the next book and hopefully the next mm. season. We haven't got a confirmation of season two yet, but oh my goodness. by Please the numbers, by the sheer numbers, it should it, be. It happening. has to. Like, yeah. It would be they'd be crazy not to, especially all the shit that Disney Plus is putting out right now. <laughs> they need this. <laughs> um, but the fatal flaws, Percy's is that um he would save a friend he would let the world burn to save a friend. He's loyal to a mm-hmm. fault. And Annabeth's is hubris. And that is perfectly displayed in the Waterland episode. Um, mm-hmm. because Percy sacrifices himself for Annabeth, who at that point, they're not really friends yet. They're like friendlier, but yeah, they're... they're getting on that track. But yeah, this and maybe even the next episode is where they just yeah. truly become honestly, it's I think, the St. I think Louis it's... Arch for me. Yeah. Well, That's... the St. Louis Arch definitely. And, mm. but this one is like, that was I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. The St. Louis Arch. But that those two episodes displayed Percy sacrificing mm-hmm. himself for Annabeth and Grover, um, even though he knows he has to save the world and he knows he has to rescue his mom. He trusts these people enough to get his mom and to save the world. And he's like, I am going to sacrifice myself two episodes in a row and then (laughs) annabeth it shows her hubris where she literally tells the god of like crafting and (laughs) like building shit to fuck off because she needs to think and work and look at this chair and figure out how to turn percy back into not gold (laughs) and when there was that really good moment where the shield like dropped or it was opened up and instead of going for that she just immediately went to the back of the chair and started just trying to tinker with it absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. no it's i think the adaptation change is great do i think at some point they should have just had a (laughs) random spider somewhere so annabeth could have screamed and gone ah spiders (laughs) you know yes i do think that (laughs) yes but Honestly, I, that could have been a good scene just at the water park. Or just in an, any other episode. Just yeah. like anywhere. a spider anywhere. Because <laughs> like not, I don't know. Maybe yeah. that would have been like undercutting her fear because her her fear comes from the fact that Arachne like sent like hordes of spiders <laughs> after her when she was a literal toddler. So mm-hmm. wasn't it throughout her entire childhood? Yeah, her she whole was childhood just tormented by spiders until she got to Camp Hoplet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which mm-hmm. uh- <laughs> <laughs> is just oh, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what? They're all all of these demigods are plagued by shit in the first one i always forget this but but percy says like that he strangled a snake to death in his crib when he was a literal (laughs) baby how did a snake get in there it was a monster (laughs) a monster (laughs) snake i don't know maybe it was looking for a donut Uh, (laughs) but anyway um anyway so moving on to the next episode that is the Lotus Hotel and Casino. The cameo episode. Okay, the cameo episode. <laughs> so I, I wrote down a bunch of them. I only saw like one. Mm-hmm. I'm just Apparently, I'm just gonna say this first and foremost before we get into that, before we talk mm-hmm. about 
Yes. The love all, of my the... life. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about the fact that this episode is called I Take a Zebra to Las Vegas, or We Take a Zebra to Las Vegas, and the zebra's not in it. Like, <laughs> we don't see the zebra at all. Um, there's, like, one frame where the zebra is way in the background, and I'm like, guys, mm. come on. Why? It could have had more zebra. It could have had more zebra. And that was supposed to establish Percy talking to horses, being able to talk mm-hmm. to equestrian animals. <laughs> and that didn't happen. So I'm like, okay. Um, they Because they kind of set it up with the Pegasus finding him when he was a little exactly. kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I yeah. think that... The Grover's stuff, well, they were making it, like, comedic, like, oh, he can talk to animals, and he's, like, really thrilled with, with the <laughs> intelligence of these animals. I was like... You're... They just don't have thumbs. I was like, they're playing it up a little too much. I was like, just tone it to just a little bit, just a little bit, because Grover... <laughs> <laughs> I love him to death, but and he is... uh, What's it called? He's, like, not... This isn't a revelation for him. He's talked to animals his entire life. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it just seemed like this seemed like baby's first time talking to horses or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> hun, just calm down. <laughs> <laughs> just let them out of their cage. They're fine. Yeah. Um, but honestly, now that you kind of mention it with the episode names, I love all of them and the fact that they're. I'm pretty sure based off of the chapter names, they or at are. least some of them. They are. Mm-hmm. Perfect. They're all chapter titles, which is great because that is it, that is an unsung hero of the Percy Jackson books, honestly. The chapter mm-hmm. titles that Rick comes up with are absolutely hilarious. And just opening a book and seeing chapter one, I accidentally vaporized my pre-algebra teacher. all right i'm in there's nothing better (laughs) um so they get to vegas and Mm -hmm. this time aries told them to go to the lotus hotel and casino to find hermes they are specifically going there and they know that it is they get in and they know that it Mm. is of the lotus hotel and they can't eat yeah, anything they, immediately yeah, they, they were like the story. don't eat the lotus flowers because <laughs> then we'll start singing poker face or something and, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> um, oh goodness great reference so there that is that is one of the and this is comes back again later but that's another change where it's mm-hmm. um this we saw before with Medusa, and it worked there. It worked really well there. But here, they enter into the traps that they fell into in the books, and they know everything that's going on, and they're never tricked once, and there's no sense of tension. Mm-hmm. And that got under my skin a little bit, I'm not going to lie. Um, really? I, not that... Not that I think this is something that Annabeth wouldn't know, because I definitely do. I was like, this is mm-hmm. definitely something she would know, because this whole book is just a retread of the Odyssey. That is the same for <laughs> the first two Percy Jackson books, right? They're just retreads mm-hmm. of the Odyssey and mm-hmm. other Greek myths and all mushed together. 
Mm. And just fun stuff thrown in. Yeah, and they do the same thing. He kills Medusa in the same way. They trick Polyphemus in the same way that Odysseus did. You know, they they get tricked by the lotus eaters the same way also Odysseus did. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But... It robs the show of tension. Like there is, there is a little bit of tension with Hermes and with Grover getting it. I don't know, indoctrinated, uh, (laughs) cursed, whatever. Get under the spell of the Lotus Hotel. Um, But I don't know. It didn't like. It didn't make me feel much. I was like, well, obviously Percy and Annabeth are just going to find Grover and he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And they were really playing up the, oh, he lost his memory, which was interesting because that is not accurate to the myths, I believe. They, they well, they forget everything that's important, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they lose their memory exactly. I don't know. I definitely got to read the Odyssey again, but <laughs> you are right in that there is very little tension in this episode. I spent a lot of it just looking in the background for hidden for Easter Nico eggs. For and Bianca. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, th- I mean, they could have just left at any time. And sure, there's the tension of, we need to go find Grover, but mm-hmm. they do that very easily. Yeah. So. And also, the thing, the thing that this episode is supposed to accomplish, or that this portion of the story is supposed to accomplish is to sidetrack them so much that they are rushed to the deadline of the of the summer solstice Mm -hmm. um and that that was the only thing that really made me upset because not that they missed the summer solstice that's whatever i'm fine Mm -hmm. with that i think i think ultimately it was a good change but the fact that Percy, Annabeth walks away. Percy's just sitting with Hermes and then Hermes says something cryptic and then Percy gets up and the next time we see him, it cuts, it's a smash cut to Annabeth and him looking outside and he is explaining to her, we, it's been, it's been four days. We missed the summer cells and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what? Why (laughs) would you not Show him figuring that out. There is no reason to just tell us that. Mm-hmm. The clock's the, turning, it, the gears turning in their head would have been how, a really how cool moment. He, yeah, it it should be him figure him like going outside, realizing it's night. Maybe him and Annabeth going outside, realizing it's night. Asking someone on the street, hey, what day is it? You know, like, just figure that Mm -hmm. out. Like, it wouldn't have even added much more time. But the fact that it just shows them looking at the night sky, explaining it. And I'm like, this is, this, this was bad. That was a bad choice. Mm -hmm. And that that's what robbed it of tension for me. Because Mm -hmm. the tension wasn't in, are they going to get under the spell of the Lotus Casino? Because... Very quickly at the beginning of the episode, we know that they're not. And we mm-hmm. honestly already knew they weren't going to in advance because they were going there on purpose. In the book, it was more like the Odyssey. They just stumble into all these troubles along their way. Yeah. 
But this, they were purposefully going there. So I had a feeling they're probably not going to fall under the spell of it. That's fine if you want to do that. But to mm. rob the episode of that much tension was mm. really a bad decision in my uh, opinion. And honestly, they could have hidden a lot of that tension or made it subtle or I don't know. But the penny never dropped. Like, you're absolutely right. It There should have been that moment of, oh, crap. Exactly. And it, it just, it, it never happened. Exactly. Um, the driving... But the cameos were cool. The, yeah, talk about the cameos. <laughs> okay, so I never saw them, but apparently Nico and Bianca are there. I've looked many, many times. I, I need to watch this episode at, like, 0.5 speed. I watched it a bunch of times. I didn't see anything or hear anything but i looked online people were saying that at a certain point in the episode if you turn it up real loud and stop listening to what the characters are talking about and listen (laughs) to the background there's someone in the background yelling bianca which obviously would be nico um but (laughs) i listened to those tiktoks that people made i never heard it i don't know if i believe it there are a lot of people who said they heard it we can choose whether or not to believe them. I did not. There was mm. one point where I did see a video of someone saying, I think that's Nico and Bianca on screen, which was okay. interesting. It was the point that we were just talking about where Percy and Annabeth are looking through the doors at the night sky, realizing that it's four mm. days later. Um, and a boy and a girl, one older, one younger, dressed in 1940s-ish style clothes, quickly walk past the screen. That that could be it. And I am convinced of that one. Okay. And I mean, my next one was just a bunch of people from different time zones or different time periods. Yeah. Oh, Because yeah. The, obviously that one is... That's but how on... you make the Lotus Hotel, <laughs> baby. My favorite one... And I cannot believe I caught this. Uh, I had to like pause it and scream and talk about it to my girlfriend. In the middle, I can't even remember what scene it is, but four people in purple shirts run past the camera. Who are they? The Wiggles? They could be from Camp Jupiter. Oh, wait, what? Oh my, wait, 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 wait. I didn't even, I didn't even, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. That's nuts. Yeah. They were purple t-shirts? Mm-hmm. And they just, it was like four people, and they just ran really quickly Holy in the background. crap. That is amazing. a game changer. I did yeah. not even think of that. <laughs> that is probably the coolest thing in this entire show for me. That's... The fact that they put that in. That's great. I didn't even, I can't even believe i didn't think of rick seeding camp jupiter (laughs) in here Mm -hmm. obviously because they're in la or not yet they're in las vegas Mm. but they're in la in this one other people are on quests mm, in the in the third one they do go to san francisco so i hope if we get there in the series there will be some seeds there um they have to they really do they absolutely (laughs) have to (laughs) um Damn, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that was it for cameos for me. But honestly, that last one, oh my God, mm-hmm. got me so hyped. That's great. Okay, <laughs> so moving on. Um, mm. They 
talk to Lin Manuel Miranda, and they and Annabeth steals his car keys, and um, that was I I enjoyed that I did I. I was really worried they were going to have him sing. I'm so glad they didn't. Um, I was really worried. I was like, do Ever not since do it. You brought that up and then I was immediately like, oh my God, they are going to make him sing, yeah. aren't they? Uh, we got out <laughs> but no, they didn't. free. I'm so glad. Because that's not Hermes. So Mm-mm. they got, um, oh my gosh. And also side note, I just finished reading Cersei. And I mean, well, it's great. Obviously, I've been talking about it for a while. It is great. But Hermes and that, what a scoundrel, my dude. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. um, (laughs) Gods aren't great. No, 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 no. Definitely not. They never are. Um, Mm -mm. So Annabeth and Percy and a memoryless Grover um, (laughs) steal Hermes's car which is a taxi and they have percy driving the car i enjoyed that i thought it was really cute um scraping against the wall like <laughs> galaxy quest love just, that moment just his <laughs> when they were in the parking lot and someone <laughs> drove past them and he like stopped and got so angry and he was like why are you speeding and then <laughs> laid on his horn like like d- slightly delayed like an old man it was so funny it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious um <laughs> no yeah all of that was fantastic that was and i loved all of the serious stuff with hermes mm-hmm. where like he i think he touched percy and made him relive a memory and then he was about to do the same with annabeth but oh, she yeah. pulled back that was absolutely that loved was that moment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was really good should- um we're we're gonna talk about it at the beginning of the next one, but mm-hmm. um, the stuff with Percy's memories, gold. Oh I'm really liking those. Um, mm. And that was added, flashbacks. and that is yeah perfect. Just the flashbacks in general. Um, mm. So they take Hermes's magic taxi, and they get to uh, Santa Monica Beach. It just zaps them yes. there. Great, because I would not want the children driving that far. <laughs> um, <laughs> So they get to Santa Monica Beach. Percy goes underwater and talks to the Nyad. Okay, she looks kind of weird, right? Am I, I, I was. I don't know if she looked weird to me, but the one note that I have is, my goodness, this is dark. Yeah, I could have used just more light. It was really dark. Um, that happened a lot in this show, where there was just dark scenes. That's very true. The whole beach scene, like. Above water and underwater was very dark. Mm. Um, maybe it's not that she looked weird. Maybe it's just that, like, I was assuming that she would look like a woman and she didn't. She looked like, you know, a god made like, of plant shit. And I was like, that's really cool. Don't get me wrong. But I was mm. not expecting it. And I was like, whoa, I am taken aback. Um I don't know, I didn't hate the design. It kind of reminded me of like a plant jellyfish. Yeah, no, I didn't hate it at all. I was just mm. not expecting it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my God, okay, you're weird. <laughs> just give me a second to get used to this. <laughs> um, And she gives Percy... Okay, so there they realize that they have missed the summer solstice deadline. Mm-hmm. And... 
apparently Poseidon was waiting there for Percy, but he had to leave because they missed the deadline. And she instead gives him four pearls. Now, this Mm. is a big change from the books where they make the summer solstice deadline just in time. um, And Percy gets three pearls from the Naiad Mm. and is never... It's never even said that Poseidon was waiting for him because he wasn't because Poseidon's a deadbeat, right? And (laughs) he goes, uh, he goes, where's my dad? And she goes, oh, he's not here. I'm here. Were you expecting (laughs) him? Yeah. Um, And she gives him three pearls, which are from Mm. Poseidon, but- uh, And is saving his mom- even mentioned at this point in the book like it's a big point in the book he's going to save his mom but poseidon doesn't even think about her which no this show i'm convinced that this show is poseidon's pr team at work (laughs) they are they are trying to uh revitalize his image and they're like no no he's not a deadbeat dad he is (laughs) He's just he couldn't he couldn't be there because reasons. Well, they, they start really really strong with talking about how all of the gods are bad, mm-hmm. and they really dive into that. And but I then, loved as it. soon as you yeah, as soon as you see Poseidon like in the flashback and when he talks to Percy, mm-hmm. I really like what the actors doing and what they're doing with the writing. Oh yeah, but I feel like they revere him way too much. Well, there yeah. Because, like, to go out of your way to make Athena accurate to <laughs> how she is in yeah. Greek mythology, She's which a piece is of shit. vindictive, vengeful, and mm, just, just petty. petty, with mm. her own daughter sending monsters to her own temple to kill her own daughter. Mm. If you're going to do that in the same series at, like, why are you revering poseidon this much why are you being like oh he really wanted to be here but he couldn't because you're late this is your fault percy oh and oh sally he couldn't he couldn't talk to percy because he's not allowed to he couldn't Mm -hmm. even though he really really wanted to and And, he's so wise and oh he 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 surrendered to zeus for percy and i'm like yeah it's interesting but so are, what are, are you we trying, trying to set to up that yeah, is Poseidon the like one good god? No, yeah. no, they all suck. Yeah, they're all terrible, and they need to get into that more. Maybe they still can, but they put Poseidon up on a pedestal, and I don't know if they should have. I while I, I still liked the writing though. I think I think the one thing that was. This is jumping ahead, but I think the mm-hmm. one thing that really made it real, I think I could have overlooked all the rest of that stuff if he had still said the line that he says to Percy in the book. They omitted it here and he doesn't say this line, which is so important. He says to Percy, I'm sorry you were born. <laughs> That He's, could have been a very strong line he, in the show. And that's something that Percy internalizes and he thinks mm-hmm. about it a lot. And <laughs> that's a really 
important line. I mean, he says more. He doesn't just say, I hate you. I'm sorry you were born. <laughs> he says, I'm sorry you were born because I brought you a hero's fate and a hero's fate is never a joyful one or something like that. It's never mm -hmm. a happy but one. It uh, it's only tragic. And I'm like, you should have said that. <laughs> that could have been such a good moment. Uh, honestly, I'm I'm a little angry they didn't put that in the That's show. That's one of the best lines of the book because it sets out right from the precipice. Like it says, this world is not mm -hmm. fair. This world is not going to give Percy a... 19 years later and all was well because that shit doesn't <laughs> exist because that mm, is it's all tragedy crap yeah and this system is fucked and you either have to uh die in it tragically or you have to change it mm. and that's that's what the series is about and honestly, by stressing that more it makes the whole Luke and Chrono story even better yeah I, I don't know because mm. I, I, again I still liked it all but and we'll get into it because I think we're still talking about episode seven. Oh well yeah, yeah that... I think we kind of lost the plot there let's let's get back <laughs> yeah. to let's get back to the episodes and okay mm. so yeah episode seven they're going into the underworld yes they meet fluffy <laughs> they do <laughs> they do <laughs> um the Cerberus stuff was interesting I mm. I really one thing Okay, well, so the they start off with um, Krusty, with Procrustus, right? Yes. And again, they know exactly everything that's happening as they walk in. There's no tension mm. there. Um, and I mean, I think there was a little tension <laughs> in that they had a plan and we, the audience, didn't know the plan. But it definitely sure. could have been better. Yeah. I think just like Percy walking in being like, I know who you are. I know what you're doing. I know how you do it. And we already know how we're going to defeat you. It's a bit much. I'm like, you're 12, <laughs> yeah. babe. You're 12. You have a lot of growing to do. Um, so that's that was a lot. I didn't I didn't despise it, though. I didn't hate it. I honestly thought they were going to cut Krusty out because I thought it was the perfect yeah. opportunity to take something that, you know, did not wasn't have much necessary. Yeah, wasn't necessary, did not have much <laughs> plot relevance and just cut it out. Um, instead, they cut out DOA records, which I'm kind of miffed about because so they that taking away that entrance to the underworld as DOA mm. records dead on arrival, um, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, yeah. Having it be a record label, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, and having Charon be there in his fine Italian suits and just mm -hmm. like really upper crest and really and the only reason that he lets them into the underworld is because they say hey we're gonna talk to Hades we can tell him that you deserve a raise you can mm -hmm. get more money to buy more Italian suits and <laughs> and that's what's fun about the whole Percy Jackson series exactly. is it's all of these myths but with a fun spin whereas in the show it was just the basic mythology yeah it was just dull oh there's the grim reaper looking guy he must be the ferryman <laughs> he's boring mm. and we don't know anything about him and it just takes all the whimsy out. It takes all the fun. I know that 
I know that this... I know that the way the Percy Jackson books are written, they would not be mass marketable. I know that. <laughs> to to a sorry, as to a uh television audience. Right? Right. They are mass marketable as a book series. Uh but realizing every single thing that's in these books would make put put it firmly into the camp of quirky weird kids show that doesn't that um yeah doesn't reach a large demographic that would limit its budget that would limit uh the eyes that are on it and its marketing capability right so i mm. understand making it a little more gritty and a little more quote unquote realistic and um more in line with traditional Greek mythology, but that also takes the heart and soul of Percy Jackson mm -hmm. out of it because that's that's what's so fun about it. Like Percy Jackson, don't get me wrong, it is dark. It is <laughs> it is pretty. We, we were just series. talking about tragedy. Yeah. So yeah. Like the in the first book, this twelve year old's dad who he's never met before says, "I'm sorry you were born. Your <laughs> life is gonna be tragic." Like that but sucks. And they also started the series with Tidy Whitey's on a Minotaur. Yeah. So I was kind of expecting them to go a hundred percent with all of this. Same, same. But mm. they they didn't, and I think that is one of my major criticisms of the series is that it is tonally inconsistent um mm, i would agree with that it is it's it's a lot of fun to see your favorite book realized or one of your favorite books realized into mm -hmm. a movie and i love i love a lot of the changes they made i love the actors i love the production design i love all that but it is not tonally consistent across the show mm -hmm. and that you know takes some some things away that are um kind of necessary for a successful series mm -hmm. i mean once they get into the underworld they meet cerberus <clears throat> and cerberus just starts chasing them and then eats grover yeah which was like oh my god what and then he just and then Annabeth starts scratching him and then he gets up out of his mouth and he's fine, but he lost his pearl mm. in there. And I'm like, okay, that that was one of this, like, just the scenes that I was like, whoa, this scene specifically is totally inconsistent. Not episodes, mm. not parts of, uh, not parts of the same episode, but this sequence is wildly inconsistent. Um, mm. Also that it had no point. I was like, why? Yeah. They just got up and over the wall, and that was it. And they could have flown, yeah, because that—that's what they did. In the, well, yeah. it's—I I don't know. It's not even that they could have flown. It's that if you were gonna go to the thing where it was, <clears throat> Percy now has four pearls. Percy has the means to save his mother. Obviously, mm -hmm. we know he's not going to because the prophecy says you will fail to save what matters most in the end. Everyone already knew going into this episode, or anyone who'd read the books, already knew that he was going to lose one of these pearls. But having Grover lose his pearl because he got eaten by Cerberus 
<laughs> for no reason and then and then spit back out of Cerberus's mouth. Mm-hmm. That it it creates no stakes because he didn't realize in the moment that his pearl was gone and no. there was there was nothing that Percy failed at. Percy did not yeah. fail. Grover got eaten that was in nobody's control. Grover got eaten by a a dog and then spit and I, back out and, and the only reason why they did that i feel is to say one more time hey percy likes to sacrifice himself for his friends yes but this was the point in the book where percy actually is going to sacrifice himself he goes in there mm-hmm. he's like i have three pearls i already know i'm gonna sacrifice myself for my mom and annabeth grover and my mom are gonna get out of here that's what hap- that's what he's thinking in the book mm-hmm. obviously that doesn't happen but in the show, if you're going to, he fails. He's supposed to fail to save what matters most. So if you're going to go right. through the thing of having, he has the means. Okay, now he has to lose one. He has to fail in some way to save his mother. Mm-hmm. He can get the bolt back to Zeus, but he can't save his mother. And I thought that he was going to accidentally drop it into Tartarus while he was saving Grover. <laughs> That seemed like it would have been the best way to do it. Yes. Sacrifice. Oh, should I save Grover or drop one of these pearls? Like, mm, should I save my friend or lose the opportunity to save my mom? Right. That would have been a fantastic choice to make. Exactly. The way that they did it, it had, it had no, it had no importance. It was just yeah. why even give him four pearls in the first place? Mm-hmm. And honestly, moments like this, I didn't even think about on first watch, but it's when we're discussing it and we're getting into it is when it kind of falls down for me. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. Yeah, but but yeah, they go into the underworld. They talk to Hades and I like that scene, even though it's very desolate. Just this. It was the way that everything's set up. It was really big and empty and i yes and that i think that's part of the taking away the whimsy taking away the world building aspect of that rick riordan has created in his books because in the books you know Mm. it's a percy says hades is the first god he met that actually looks like a god he's met dionysus he's met Ares, but none of they all look like people this guy looks like a god he is 13 feet tall or whatever. He is draped in a cloak made from tortured souls. (laughs) He's sitting on his gilded throne and he's surrounded by dead soldiers from all Mm -hmm. different eras throughout history. And I think, wow, this is the (laughs) God of death. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. but. Whereas now it was just a guy in a robe walking towards them. It, it, and I, the the amount of time that they shot him walking in that large desolate yeah. space, I thought they were going to make a joke about it. I thought they were going to say something. <laughs> You'd be like, sorry, I'm right? redecorating or something. But I was just like, what's the purpose of this? He's just like, <laughs> wow. And obviously, a lot of this series was filmed on or in the volume that big led green screen room but this and olympus was the two moments that i really noticed it Mm -hmm. and it kind of took me out of it almost well the thing is 
Hades's palace is supposed to be a crude reconstruction, crude recreation of Olympus, right? Because he's right. not allowed there. Which, mm. first of all, super fucked up that he's not allowed there. Because <laughs> Hades doesn't actually ever do anything like that bad compared to any of the other gods no he doesn't like do any wars against them or anything <clears throat> he literally just sorry he literally just drew the short straw and had to rule the underworld and then they were like <laughs> we hate you you're a leper now you're, we you're don't stuck down ever there. want you here unless it's the solstice mm-hmm. sorry and i'm like <laughs> okay whatever anyway that's actual Greek <laughs> mythology. There's nothing we can mm-hmm. do about that. But <laughs> And they kind of discuss that in this show, but it seems like Hades doesn't even care, which clearly he does. I mean, come on. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I thought the actor who's playing Hades was fun. I saw him and oh, I yeah. was like, oh, <laughs> honey, you are just like your son. <laughs> I was watching him and I was like, okay, I know how we're going to, I know what's going to happen in the future. <laughs> He was very subdued with his performance, but I I still liked it. Yeah. Um mm. So what? They 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 talked to Yeah, Hades's palace is supposed to be a, a recreation of Olympus. Mm-hmm. And I thought they did that pretty well. I could definitely see that. Yes. Um the problem was <laughs> that Hades's recreation of Olympus didn't uh didn't add anything of his own to make it look like his own it just looked really sad and (laughs) the the point of in percy jackson percy sees hades's palace before he ever sees olympus so he gets to mm -hmm. olympus and then he notices and he's like oh i see what he's doing hades palace (laughs) looked like it does Mm. and that moment never drops which is fine there's other things that are going on we're not in percy's mm-hmm. head we can't have all of those little musings that we do in the book right um they did show it in this instance but it he, hades didn't fill it up with anything of himself he just left it bare and mm. i was like okay it's <laughs> a little it's a little boring not gonna lie yeah <laughs> But yeah, he gets back to Earth by dropping his pearl, and he promises Hades that he'll get the helm. Wait a second. We skipped something really weird. Annabeth pieced out of the underworld early. And I remember she's separated from the group somehow in the book. She did not. not... She did not. She separated for maybe a minute because she, when they were playing with Cerberus when they were distracting Cerberus she was playing with a, mm. a ball she had a squeaky ball literally okay right in the show she picks up the squeaky ball in Krusty's office and then <laughs> they don't use it and I was like what why what's the point of that <laughs> I mean they do use it to get like to distract the dog what? but it's not in the same way as the book no and I was like What's even the point? Whatever. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so she just said in the book, she sends Anna, uh, Percy and Grover ahead of her and she says, I'll be right behind you. And then she throws the ball and she runs after them. So they're separated for like maybe like 30 seconds, like not mm-hmm. not anything. Um, but the- they decide to wrap her in grief vines. I don't know. 
I heard some people <laughs> online saying it might have been like uh, Leah might have had a scheduling conflict or something. Some mm. reason that she couldn't be in the rest of that episode because otherwise I don't understand why that would have happened, you know? Because there was no know. point to it. First of all, okay, I thought that the the fields of Asphodel, I thought it was an interesting concept to have the people become trees. I thought that was interesting. Um, the problem was um, <laughs> in the book, the fields of Asphodel are supposed to be so crowded so jam-packed full of souls that like it's like a taylor swift concert like you can't get through at all you have to like percy and annabeth and grover had to like shove their way through all of these souls like the line at the beginning in the show they did show that in the line waiting to cross the sticks but mm. that's what the fields of asphodel is supposed to look like and to have this field full of trees and have it so sparse, like the idea was that these souls have grown into trees of regret, right? Because they didn't they didn't do anything good enough to make it to Elysium, so they have regret. Um, I guess. Mm. I, 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 guess. I guess I don't know it doesn't make sense why they start growing on Annabeth it doesn't make sense why all of the trees are the same height and why there's so few of them they, if they were gonna do that idea they should have been so jam-packed full of trees that Percy mm -hmm. and Annabeth and Grover it was like a maze like they would not be able yeah. to get through that's what it should have been also they should have been different heights so we could have seen I know mm -hmm. it's a kids show and but I wanted to see those souls like halfway up a tree like that would have been yes. weird as hell I would and all of that. their faces looked very similar yeah I don't know I don't I don't know it was just um well I think that's accurate to Greek mythology they they're supposed to shed like lose any part okay. identifying feature and they're just a wandering soul that's fair. Um, and you can't like their faces are blurred and you're not supposed to be able to recognize their face. Um, but it was just a yeah. weird scene. Yeah, it was strange. It was strange that Annabeth left early. Um, I mm. don't I don't understand the purpose. Um, no. If there was some sort of scheduling conflict, I think they could have figured out how better to like a better way to do that. Um, mm -hmm. it sounds but like we're shitting I... on this show a lot, but we really liked it. Um, <laughs> no, we just... before we get to the finale, there is a scene that I loved Ooh. that I do want to talk about, and that is Sally and Poseidon's conversation. Yes. Again, we talked about how much revering Poseidon is not good, but I still liked how much character work and meaning was put into this. Well, it would I. I loved the scene. I think it was a great mm. change. I think we definitely always needed to know more about Sally because we just yes. didn't, you know? And um, I, I, I thought it was really good character work, like you said. Um, I don't think that specific scene was revering Poseidon too much. I think it was mm. pretty accurate to what... Um, what being a single mother raising a child with 
needs that you can't necessarily uh deal with right um is like and i thought that that was very very well done um and, and just the fact that Sally wanted him to go to school because she wanted him to learn a bunch of social stuff. Well, and... just like just things that she couldn't teach him. And also yeah. because she because the two of them being there together, for some reason, that made monsters more likely to find him. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why they're more likely to find him when she is with him rather than. When he's at school, I don't understand that logic necessarily. Something about the smell that he gives no, off. No, and that's no, why no, no, no. But in right? that's in the book. In the show, they never oh, okay. say that. Yeah. In the show, they never say that. I'm talking about the show's logic here. Because in the mm. book, I was just about to say, like, the Sally marries Gabe because he is so stinky. That <laughs> his scent disguises Percy's god scent, and mm -hmm. he, and the monsters can't find him because Gabe is so gross and smelly. Now yes. I'm very very glad that they changed that because <laughs> what a horrible, awful thing to consider. What a horrible concept yeah. to have in your children's book and children's story. Sally, this poor woman who was caught up in this god conflict through no fault of her own mm -hmm. has to raise this half-blood child and has to marry this man who she hates who is physically mm -hmm. and mentally abusive to her and who is so gross <laughs> that it is supernatural levels of disturbing how gross he is and, and just repulsive. Yeah, just so repulsive. And presumably, she married him. So presumably, she would have had to be romantic with him and yeah. be sexual with him. And that yeah. is so disturbing to think about. And like, and she was not, she did not love him at all. No. Ever. She only married him to protect her son. And that yeah. is a horrible thing for to have her have to do and a horrible thing to put on Percy, this child being like, oh, you were so unhappy and abused this whole time because of me. That's awful. Yeah. And I'm very glad that they took that out and changed it. Mm -hmm. Some people were like, some people were at the beginning of the show were like, they didn't make Gabe bad enough to have what happens to him happen yeah <clears throat> and i agreed with that i was worried about that i even said that last time we talked about mm -hmm. this um and i was worried that gabe was not despicable enough um to deserve his fate however um i don't think he needs to deserve his fate <laughs> No. What happened to him was he what happened because he was entitled and uh and <laughs> just a dick. Um and it was his own fault. They, it wasn't Sally murdering yes. him like it was in the I book. love what they did. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah, that end credits that yeah. that did a lot of good for me. Um but so but then so the show's logic also is less consistent then. 
if you t- unfortunately when you take out the Gabe stuff, the scent stuff, mm. right? So ca- monsters can't tell Percy scent, or maybe they can, but it's that's not the reason that he can't mm. live at home. He, because in the book he goes to the school because this is a school for troubled kids, and he is a troubled yeah. kid. Because he got kicked out of so many schools because of monsters, not because of him, but because he had no control over this stuff. Just situations come up and he ends up looking like he destroyed something. Yeah, so it's like he could have lived at home, but there was no schools around that would take him. So he had to go to this boarding school for troubled children. That's what it Mm. is in the book. Here, Sally sends him to this school. She doesn't know that Grover and... um, Karen are going to be there, right? Mm-hmm. She doesn't know that. She sends him to this school and she says to Poseidon, I have to, like, a Pegasus followed him home from school. I have to send him right. to camp. And, um, and, and, but she's like, but I don't want to. And she says this line that's absolutely amazing that I absolutely adore. And she says, I want him to, or something like, I want him to figure out who he is before your family tries to tell him who he, who they want him to be. Really like what that. an amazing line! I mm. love Sally. We all love Sally. She's best mom in the incredible. world. Mm. But and and that goes further. They they really played up through the whole series how much Sally taught Percy and how Sally is the one who is shaping Percy's view of this world and of this family. Cause at the core of it, it mm. is a dysfunctional family and that is what she has taught him. And that is very uh, much more gives much more dimension to the both of them than it did, than they yeah. had in the books. Um, also gives a better foil to what we learned about Luke later uh, in the series. Um, but it also makes the show's logic less consistent. <laughs> that was yeah, my <laughs> I feel like there was a stress on characters and their interactions and trying to mine as much drama as they could. And there was... And I respect almost, that. Yeah, they sacrificed a lot of the logical plot threads i mean for that that's okay things don't okay things don't always have to be logical in a story for it to work mm-hmm. because i think fundamentally the story does work if someone who watch, mm-hmm. watches this who hasn't read the book i think they will like it and i think they will understand i don't yeah. think it needs to be the perfect one-to-one adaptation um no because it can't be because there are different mediums and it's a different time and there's different things that have happened in this series to these characters since The Lightning Thief was written in 2005 that matter that need to be pre-established here, right? Mm-hmm. That um, That's not an issue that I have. I just think that within world building, things need to be... If, if they don't... They don't necessarily need to make sense. <clears throat> they just have to be consistent. Right. Um, and so as long as they keep with this consistency and don't introduce in the second series, in the second season, oh, uh, the monsters 
can smell you and that's why they're following you. I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. You could have said that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, with the finale, because I'm pretty sure we're on that now. I I do have a couple notes. There's a fight with Ares and then a fight with Luke. I really liked those. Could have been longer, though. Mm, Mm. I, I think I think the fight with Ares was a little subdued. I wanted to see mm-hmm. Percy kicking more butt with the sword. Yes. Um, Honestly, yeah, it's the Ares fight that I wished was longer. The one with Luke was good. Yeah. Um, but it also... Yeah, because in the, in the book, Percy has to like hold Ares off long enough to build enough pressure of the tide to create mm-hmm. that tidal wave. Um, yeah. And that's like his... Because, like, it's not just his uh, his water bending that he could do. It's not just his hydrokinesis. It is he is thinking, he is like, I am building pressure. I am creating a practically a bomb. I am thinking. I'm making an intelligent, right. tactical decision. And um, that it is kind of just happened yeah this one it kind of just he's kind of just like i told you i was the son of poseidon and he just like hits him with the water <laughs> not that it's not fun and great and mm-hmm. um interesting but it's uh it could have been but it, you know more from the gut but it's also like how do you show that in a show yeah in a book you say it because we're in his head but <laughs> how do you show that in a show that he is using his magic that no one can see to build pressure from the tide like how do you show that i don't know, I can think of a couple ways of you know you cut back and forth between his face straining and the and the you know the wave rising yeah i, I don't know but i mean that's basically what they did mm-hmm. they just that is true it's just it's just different and we got to get used to it, you know? <laughs> right. Um, it's still good. I, I still enjoyed it. I I think it made way more sense that they got back to Long Island Sound rather than Santa Monica. Um, hmm. Not because, like, in the book, you know, that you had the time for Percy to go on the airplane and, and be worried <laughs> with all the turbulence and um, hmm. know that Zeus only didn't kill him in the sky because he had his master he, bolt he was returning it. Yeah. yeah um so like that i love that but in the show there's no time to for that there's <laughs> yeah. absolutely no time to have them get up to santa monica fight aries um get you know swaddled in blankets by the police and then make uh <laughs> make a plea to the American people on the news to donate money mm-hmm. to him so that he can buy plane tickets back to um, <laughs> Manhattan um, to get back to his loving stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, there's no time for that. And I'm glad they didn't even entertain it. They're just like, nope, you're back in yeah. Long Island. Way yeah. better. Pacing-wise, we're, we're going to Olympus. Yeah. And I liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... So Percy and Annabeth get back to camp, and interestingly enough, they still think that Clarice is the lightning thief, which I liked, because for someone who... Mm. I saw so many videos from people who had never read the books or seen the movies who were completely floored. Like, some of them were like, okay, I think that it might be Luke, but I don't know. He's so nice. Like, oh, and then when they said that thing about Clarice, they're like, oh my God, that makes Mm. so much sense. It's Clarice. And then they get back and Clarice is still there. And they're like, oh, 
I don't know what they're like. Oh my gosh, she's not uh, she's not arrested or anything. (laughs) She's she's free. And people were like, oh my god, it was Luke. (laughs) And you know, it's it's just like back when you read this for the first time and you had no idea. Mm -hmm. Like it really keeps that feeling alive because the first time I read this. I did not know that Luke was the lightning thief until the shoes started dragging Grover. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, who, the shoes gave, given by who gave us those shoes? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have the note because I, I don't know if you remember from what I was talking about in our part one review. I've been watching this with my girlfriend who has no idea about any of this. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like they played up the Luke reveal too heavily because she guessed it the scene before. Well, I don't think that's a problem. I don't think that's a problem. I mean... You know, I just... I like seeing the rug pulled out from people. I wish that it was more of a penny drop. Sure. But it was... But... I I also liked seeing Percy figure it out, too, Mm -hmm. because they gave the audience and Percy all of the clues so that he could piece it together yeah. himself well because okay so i think there's a there's a difference between um like the rug being pulled out from someone like um game of thrones style like yeah. oh my god they killed Ned. <laughs> nobody knew that was gonna happen <laughs> um or or this because this is a mystery and mm-hmm. or and I th- honestly, technically, everyone in the audience should have figured out by then because it is a mystery that you're supposed to try to solve. Yeah, exactly. That's the mm. they're giving the audience all of the clues and the audience being able to figure it out. Maybe the scene before the character does. I don't think that ruins a mystery because mm-hmm. I like. If you're watching Knives Out, everybody knows that Chris Evans is the killer, right? (laughs) Everybody knows that. We just don't know how. And that is, that's the same as like this, I think. It's like we, everybody knows that Luke is a traitor. We just don't know why yet. And why Mm -hmm. is what matters. And we don't get that until Luke tells us why. And I think that's what's important. And so I don't think it's a problem. Because just like I was explaining it in the book, I, the first time I read the book, I figured out that it was Luke when the shoes Mm -hmm. went. That was way before Luke revealed that he was a lightning thief. That was way before Percy figured it out. But that didn't ruin the reveal for me. I still was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Luke was such a little, like such a little (laughs) guy. He was so nice to Percy. And then he does this, what? Um, (laughs) And I think that subverting expectations should not always be the goal you know with a mystery i think you're supposed to give the audience all the clues and if they can figure it out that means that you did your job right i think because you don't want your characters solving something that the audience could never have figured out because there i there are examples but i can't think of any right now (laughs) but there there's lots of movies or books where it's like 
oh, I'm tell I'm so smart. I'm telling you that I figured all this stuff out, but we could have never the we the audience weren't given that information, so we never yeah. could have figured it out. Just like with the Lotus Hotel and Casino, like we the audience weren't given the information, weren't given the opportunity no. to figure out, oh, it's four days later. Percy just tells mm. us because he's so smart, just tells us that it's four <laughs> days later. And I, that's bad. I think that's a mistake. Mm -hmm. This at you the end, I right. don't think is a mistake. Mm -hmm. But I can't think of too much else to talk about. Um, I think the last thing I want to say is that at the end, um, Percy's dream where he sees Kronos and then he wakes up yes. and it's he's not at camp anymore. He is at home and he tells Sally about his dream. I think that mm. is really important and I think it's indicative of the future of this series because um, really after the lightning thief, Sally is not very uh, incorporated into any of the plots. No. Um, and I think that this series is saying we're going to take a much more proactive role with our um, supporting characters. That means Sally. That mm -hmm. means Grover. That means hopefully Tyson in the next one. Um, yes. I I think that it is. Um, I think that this show has a bright future, and I think mm -hmm. it. Um, even though it has some tonal inconsistencies that I hope it fix, I think it is on a good path. And I really enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely loved Percy Jackson. I mean, obviously, we had many, many notes. But as an adaptation, I loved it. Cannot wait for season two. It better come. If it doesn't, then what are you doing, Disney? Then we riot. <laughs> then we storm their gates. We storm Olympus. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, let's move on to the consumption corner, where I know I am just starred for content i don't know about you i'm Sasha. pretty damn hungry <laughs> well what content have you been eating um <laughs> eating um <laughs> i don't know you go first i can't think of anything <laughs> well i got plenty one thing i definitely want to talk about is the suicide squad game which just recently came out that i am not playing because i really really hate games like live service games where it's designed for multiplayer and you're supposed to play it infinitely like there's a story but it just keeps on going there's games like that gotham knights avengers hate them all oh, isn't skyrim like that i don't i don't think so oh never mind <laughs> i played <laughs> skyrim one time for like four hours and i quit i didn't want to play it <laughs> skyrim's not really for me either but it, like all of these games that I'm talking about, they have a single player story campaign to them, but it's not the focus. And that's really disappointing to me. Mm. But yeah, I'm not going to be playing that game. So don't don't spend $70 on the new Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League game, okay. even though that concept sounds amazing. Okay. Um... <laughs> Well, I guess I'll talk about something that I did like and didn't expect to. <laughs> um, I saw Wonka. 
I haven't seen this yet, and I really want to. Yeah, um, I won't spoil it. I mean, <laughs> actually, here I will spoil it. He opens a chocolate mm. factory. Um, <laughs> what? Sasha! <laughs> um, but I really wasn't expecting to uh, enjoy this movie. Um, I did enjoy it. I'm not saying it's mm. a good movie, or a, but I enjoyed myself. Um, I think that they, you know, the marketing team might have, might have done a really good job because the movie made a lot more money than normal movie musicals do by marketing it mm. not as a musical. Um, <laughs> however. That's been a theme lately. However, no, it has. And there was like, they did like s some like studies. Like I saw somebody, I don't know who it was. I think it might've been waiting in the wings. Um, but they were hmm. talking about the marketing campaign. Um, and it, it works. Like if you market your movie as a musical, they don't do as well at the box office <laughs> as Wonka and Mean Girls have. Um, hmm. so that's, uh, uh, that's kind of upsetting. Um, but also, yeah. For for this movie to be to not be marketed as a musical, I was very surprised for it to start and the first thing that happens in the movie is he starts singing. Like there's <laughs> like the first time you see his face, it pans down and you see his face and he opens his mouth and starts singing. I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Um the songs well, were They were good. They were they were songs. Oh. <laughs> I think I First of all, the singing was great. The acting was great. The choreography was great. The visuals were great. I really enjoyed the film. I had a fun time watching it. But for a musical, the songs were not it. They were not it for me. Um, well, that's a shame. They, but it's okay because when you're watching it, you don't you don't think about how it, the song's being bad. You're watching mm -hmm. the choreography. You're watching the relationships develop. Okay. You're watching the acting, which is all good. So I'm not, it's not really a complaint. It's just standing alone as a musical. Would this like, would this work as a stage musical like other movie musical? No, it won't because the songs don't hold up. But it's not about that because it's about the, um, the production of it, you know? And it's a fun yeah. time. It is a fun time. It also is really fun to go to the theater and see a bunch of posters for Dune uh, and Timothy Chalafay all serious with blue eyes and next to Zendaya and then go in to see Wonka and he's like he's got a top hat he's like really going for it it is whimsy awesome. to the overload it's it's well it's I a time I I really want to watch this movie the one thing that has stopped me is I need a big bag of candy so I'll probably do that today <laughs> you just go should get that. that's <laughs> hilarious that's that would be so fun <laughs> But a movie that is not fun at all, I watched it expecting at least a good time, that is Argyle. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. So, <sighs> there's one main thing that I want to talk about, and I'm going to spoil the heck out of that one specific thing. Wait, okay. But I- I am going to see it tomorrow. So, okay. spoil it. But don't like ruin yeah, it. I'm not. I'm not going to spoil anything except for one thing. Okay. And before I even get to the spoilers, I'll say this movie is predictable as hell. There's about three twists, and the movie started in the first like ten minutes. I was like, "Is that going to be one of the twists?" And that could be one, and that could be one, and I was right on 
all accounts. Mm. So it's just, it's boring and predictable. And the one twist that I will talk about is at, well, not even a twist, just the one spoiler that I'll talk about is the post credit scene is, well, the whole movie is about Bryce Dallas Howard and she's an author and her books end up becoming like real spy adventures. Right. And she has four books out and the post credit scene is someone in a bar and they're talking about, oh, I can't wait to read this Kingsman book. And it's revealed that her first book is Kingsman. What? And all of this movie is set in the Kingsman universe. No! What? That's yeah. insane! So, Are you kidding not me? Not only has Matthew Vaughn made a really bad new movie, he's ruined his previous movies. I love Kingsman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think it ruins it, but... No, no, you can still go back and watch the first Kingsman and the prequel Kingsman, because those are the two good ones. But, like... Okay... I, I don't want to know. Don't tell me. But like my mm-hmm. mind goes, how is she predicting all this stuff? Is she magic? Does that mean there's magic in the Kingsman universe? Or is she like a no. prophet? Like, I don't know. There is there is a reason for why she's predicting all this. And it kind of works in universe. Okay. But. <sighs> Good. I just wish this movie was better. I'm sorry. I know that. <laughs> I know that the book isn't selling particularly well. Um yeah, apparently there's an actual, like, book that was, I haven't seen or, I haven't seen a page of this, but apparently it's riddled with typos. Really? And just errors. <gasps> oh my gosh, I yeah. didn't know that. I have to go look <laughs> in it. Uh, I didn't buy it, but I work in a bookstore. <laughs> but I, um, I was going, I don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah if you were planning on watching this movie i wouldn't but maybe you'll have fun with it well i'm watching it tomorrow so (laughs) (laughs) maybe next week you come back and you're like hey this movie was great what were you talking about i would love for that to be the case we'll see i doubt (laughs) it but we'll see um Mm -hmm. One more movie I want to talk about. I fu- guys, I finally did it. I finally saw All of Us Strangers. Oh my goodness, I need to. Oh my god, it is one of the saddest films I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, maybe I don't need to. <laughs> it is it's so good and so beautiful. Um it is it's an amazing film. But mm-hmm. I'm warning everyone, do not go see this movie unless you are in a mental, mentally stable mm. place. Like have a Disney ready just yeah. just on the on the because clip. Because what I did is I did a double feature. I saw this and then I saw Wonka. So I That is probably yeah, perfect. So I didn't I didn't kill myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um basically it's an incredibly beautiful movie. Um, I thought it was going to have a happier ending than it did, and it did not. Hmm. So that's all I'll say about that. I don't want to spoil it um, because oh, it's boy. because I genuinely didn't see um, it ending the way that it did. Um, 
but... Well, before I wrap up the show, I guess I'll mention one thing that I did enjoy reading or consuming, because I don't want to just talk about things I hate. (laughs) But there is a new Ultimate Spider-Man by Jonathan Hickman that I've been loving. I was not expecting it to be so in-depth into the Ultimate Universe, but I'll probably talk about that later when I've read more. But yeah, with that, this has been a podcast with commercial breaks. Did you notice that in the show? There's like two per episode. That was weird. I don't know. (laughs) I did notice that.